Hi everyone, and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live at Love Walk. And I am your host, Leela Winston. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning into today's Bible study. I want to encourage you to grab your Bible as we go into the Word of God, and we continue on with our series on uh, the callings uh, that the Lord has set in the church. And as you know, we come together to study in the Word of God so that we can practically apply it and also so that we can accomplish the purpose of our lives. And I think that a study on the callings or the offices uh, that God has put in the body of Christ are absolutely important for us because um, that really does tie into our purpose and how we are going to accomplish that purpose in the earth. So you may accomplish your purpose as a pastor. I may accomplish my purpose as an evangelist. Someone else may accomplish their purpose, you know, as uh, an apostle, just depending on whatever gifts the person has. So let's go ahead and look at pastors. And so we have been reading in Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verse 11 to 12. You know it well. And I'm just going to read it briefly here. It's our anchor text. And it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. And so we have looked at the evangelist, the prophet, and the apostle. And so we understand from studying these um these callings that the Lord has sort of created an order or uh, a rank and it seems that the apostle is first and then the prophet then the evangelist and so now we're going to look at pastors um so uh I like to call this um well it's really an interesting uh, sort of understanding of what a pastor is and so we have finally reached the rock star calling which everyone loves and that's the pastor and we sometimes call them preachers we sometimes call them teachers you know they have various names uh, that we'd like to use the pastor is probably the most famous and coveted calling within the body of christ and i think it's so famous because so few people actually know what it is or even how it functions and i know that doesn't sound quite right but i think it's really true you know the pastor in modern times has been turned into some kind of priestly order um, and it's replete with gowns, frocks, and special neckwear even. It's kind of funny and kind of sad the way that this calling has been mangled in recent times and most especially in the modern church. And I think that's actually where a lot of the confusion comes from is that I'm not sure we are clear on what a pastor is because the pastor has become a rock star evangelist that travels from church to church preaching or teaching a message you know, he or she, you know, is the guy that, you know, closes out services, shaking hands, baptizing babies, providing counseling services to newlyweds. It's also the calling that people think can they can forbid or that they can quench the Holy Spirit. An actual real card-carrying, fully baptized and blood-washed believers based on their gender alone. It's the calling that you can actually study for at a university and obtain an actual degree as well as receive a certificate from the state to qualify you it's a wild ride in the modern church if you're a pastor so i mean i think this is really interesting because you know pastoring is the only uh, calling 
that is recognized, I would have to say, by, you know, modern governance and, you know, uh, society in terms of, you know, you can study for it and get a degree. You can also get uh, certified. So unfortunately, I believe that the role has been so thoroughly confused that the actual work of a pastor probably rarely gets done. And if you've truly been called for this office or appointment in God, you may actually feel out of place and lost in the modern church. And while this calling may not rank high like the apostle or the prophet, and it may not get mentions and revelations, it is an extremely important call for the maintenance of the body of Christ. So today, let's look at the function, the office, or the appointment of pastors. First, we'll consider the word itself. In the Greek, it literally means shepherd. That's it. The guy that tends sheep. The root word in the Greek word for the word shepherd is to protect. So we're getting a picture already of what the calling of a pastor entails. Simply put, a shepherd is one who tends, rears, and protects sheep. That's it. Now let's look at what it says in John chapter 10 verse 11. That's St. John chapter 10 verse 11. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So in this verse, we learn that Christ is also a shepherd. So if you have the calling of pastor, you share this unique calling with Christ himself. He distinguishes himself himself from other shepherds, okay? And he even, um, you know, distinguishes himself from other believers who would eventually be called pastors um, and shepherds by announcing that he was the good shepherd. So as you know, um, that's really important. Um, And as believers, with this calling, we are just shepherds, but he's definitely the good shepherd. And we're we're following along, trying to learn how to um, accomplish that. So the entire goal of the shepherd is to rear and take care of sheep and to protect them from harm. But what does that mean for you if you are called to be a pastor? Let's consider those three areas. That's just what we're going to do. We're going to consider what a pastor does and how that is going to translate in your calling. There's a rearing or tending to the sheep. There's uh, taking care of the sheep and there's uh, protecting. So I'll just say that one more time. We're going to look at three areas. The first is rearing sheep. The second is taking care of sheep. And the third is protecting sheep. And that's basically what you do if you're a pastor. So let's look at rearing sheep first, because I think that makes the most sense. One, rearing sheep means it's to to kind of raise a baby or an infant into its most mature state. And that means as a shepherd, you're tasked with helping believers grow into their most mature state. Remember, the Bible is always admonishing us to be perfect. And that word perfect actually means mature. So pastor, it's your duty to help believers mature. But remember, just like a parent cannot physically cause a child to grow, neither can you. All you can do is feed, clothe, protect, bathe, nurture, and teach. Remember, God gives the increase. And if you can remember what we read in Ephesians chapter 4 about the perfecting or maturing of the saints, it tells us something really important here. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4, but we're going to read verse 12 to 14 instead. It says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, 
tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So we can see plainly in scripture what the shepherd is tasked with. With a functioning pastor, believers should not be any more children or immature and not easily swayed by false doctrines or by those who seek to deceive them for nefarious purposes. And I believe if more pastors were active in the church, we would have less church hurt, less abuse, all kinds of things. So Paul says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verses 1 to 2, and I'm going to read that right here, it says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk, and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. Paul is actually likening or comparing the carnal mind with immaturity in this scripture. So then we know that maturity means being spiritually minded and having the mind of Christ. As it says in Philippians chapter 2 at verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. So I think that's really important that when you are thinking of trying to mature believers, in your work as a pastor, you're trying to move them to a state of being more spiritually minded, um, a state of having the mind of Christ, uh, a mind stayed on God. Um, these are the things which you're trying to move people to because this is actually going to create maturity in their lives and it's going to help them to overcome their flesh. Remember, we're never going to get out of this flesh until, <laughs> unfortunately, we are passed on from this world. So having a mature mind, a spiritual mind, is going to help us to overcome the flesh. It doesn't mean that the flesh will just go away. It means we have to overcome it daily. So the mind he speaks of in context is one of humility as well as spiritual understanding. In essence, the job of the shepherd in rearing sheep is to help bring the believer from a carnal mind to a spiritual one. Our goal is to mind the things of God, but not be ignorant of the world. The pastor's job is not to make men so spiritually minded that they are of no earthly good, but to help them to learn the important discipline of rendering to God the things that are God's, and to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, as it says in Mark chapter 12, verse 17. This is a delicate balance, but Christ seeks believers mature enough to do that. And as a pastor, you help them get there. Now, how do you get adults to mature in Christ and become spiritually minded? It means you take an active role in their lives or in the lives of believers to help them grow. That might look like, you know, practically helping them to get into Bible studies every week, reminding people of what God's word says about particular practical circumstances, um, offering and finding Christian resources for them. For instance, if I'm with you and you notice whenever something goes wrong, I curse, it would be your place to remind me that the Bible says, let no corrupt thing come out of my mouth. Or, um, should be careful because in Proverbs it says the tongue is full of deadly poison and it can hurt people. A pastor helps people to become spiritually minded in practical ways, like introducing a believer to a Bible teacher that they found that teaches good sound doctrine, recommending songs, teaching them, counseling them, talking, or even just directing believers to a ministry that's focused on an area that maybe that believer struggles in. 
even sharing, you know, uh, biblical albums, you know, like, you know, that you could know, oh, this is a really good song. It really worships the Lord, you know, reminding them of scripture, sharing testimony and applicable parables from the Bible. There's so many things you can do that you can help people to actually transform their mind. And it's something you do not one time and then disappear into the ether, uh, you, you, or the ether rather, you do it often and you're doing it as a way to support and help people grow. Remember, it's the word of God that washes us, as it says in Titus chapter 3 verse 5, and that we renew our minds through our meditation on that word, as it says in Romans chapter 12 verse 12. So to mature people, you must be in their life to provide such practical support. Now, sure, other believers contribute to each other. I'm not saying that, you know, you won't have someone who might be apostle or some other gift and they contribute. But as a shepherd, you are tasked with maturing the sheep. So your goal is to direct people toward scripture, toward prayer, and toward God. And so part of that means you'll need to know it well and well enough to reiterate it in practical situations, you know, not in some high tone sort of, you know, uh, religious setting or, you know, biblical thing where there's a lot of, um, you know, jargon. You need to be able to tell people in practical ways, you know, the scriptures and how it applies in specific settings in their life. But also you teach them in your own demonstrated lifestyle, because if there's one thing a shepherd does, it's lead. So he may teach, but his is a more practical hands-on interaction. To be a pastor in God's economy, you can't stay in the pulpit. Uh, Today, we have pastors that are forcing people to sign NDAs you know, non-disclosure agreements, when it is their leadership and example that's supposed to be known far and wide among the body of believers. And that's really kind of the point if you are a pastor or a shepherd of people is that they can look at your life, you know, perfect or imperfect as it is, and draw strength and understanding um, to grow and mature. A pastor's job means he has to get his hands dirty. And like any shepherd, when dealing with sheep, there's going to be some smelly stuff. So be prepared that this is something of a, um, it's a people-oriented kind of calling. It's kind of like, you know, the people-oriented customer service type, you know, jobs out there. Um, You have to be called for this. And I want to point something out when we talk about callings, and particularly when it comes to pastors, that... Even though Paul was complaining about the immaturity of these believers in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and in verse 1 and 2, we have to remember something. We have to remember that Paul was not a shepherd. He was not a pastor, okay? So he could not spend a long time with these different groups of believers. And often we're critical of Paul, and I have to admit, guys, you know, I used to very much dislike the character of Paul in the Bible, Um, You know, the way he came across in writings and so forth, because he seemed to always be critical. But in all honesty, the man could not be there 24-7 to help those believers to mature. And sometimes all he could do was just send letters. And all he could really do is visit when he was in town or preach or deliver a message. 
And so you have to remember that Paul is constantly saying he earnestly seeks to see them again and to know how they're doing. Um, In Philippians 1 and 8, we can actually see that. We have to understand something, though, that Paul, as great as Paul was, I mean, he was just, he, he was prolific. There really is no evidence anywhere in scripture that Paul is a pastor, okay? In other words, although he earnestly longed to see their growth and he really was not there to, um, he really was not equipped to be there and to rear them like a shepherd. And it's possible to be highly gifted, but unless God gifts you with a certain calling, you just don't have it no matter how hard you try or how influential you may be. The pastor is often entrusted with administering the message from the apostles, teaching and applying it in personal one-on-one interactions with the sheep. So maybe if Paul came by and he preached a message or he sent a letter, maybe the pastor would sort of um, bring that very same message to the sheep in his flock in practical ways. Um, He might you know, uh, say it word for word. You might read the letter word for word, and then afterward, they might throughout the day, throughout the month, throughout the year, sort of practically apply it. And so I can imagine that there are many people, uh, seminaries and state licensing bodies that have christened someone out there, a pastor, and now this poor soul uh, is out here running around in utter anxiety, chaos, and perplexity, wondering why their congregation is going nuts or why it won't grow spiritually. And it may be that people who were just merely teachers or preachers were errantly knighted to pastorship without an actual calling on their life for it. Or those who truly are, maybe, you know, if you really are a pastor, maybe you haven't been instructed in some of the sort of ways in which you need to apply pastoring to people. Because I think sometimes we create this sort of hybrid pastor that is not really, uh, that's not really what a pastor is, and it may not be in your area of gifting. Um, And Paul's frustration, which we see often evident in his writings, gives us a window into someone who has not been called to pastor, but often moves among different groups of believers in teaching, preaching, or other ministry. So the frustration is real, but I am glad that it is left in the Bible for our instruction because Paul wasn't cut out for that work. And some man-ordained pastors right now are on the verge of suicide because they are not either. And some true pastors are ready to quit too because they are itinerant and they're going from place to place and they're thronged by multitudes that they can't truly serve. and. You know, they're struggling to think up weekly sermons, but they're just exhausted because that's not what they do. And when a true pastor's teaching and preaching, um, you know, is not understood that it's one-on-one, sometimes it can be a struggle. Um, And so no shepherd, you know, administers the same treatment to all sheep. So maybe he can't give a sermon, you know, but maybe if he knows a circumstance of someone, He can give a small sermon to them, applying scripture, understanding their particular situation. And we have to be um, sort of careful about the nuances of what it means to teach and what it means to preach. It doesn't always mean that you're giving this general message. You can preach a sermon, you can teach, 
a lesson, just having a 15 minute conversation with someone after you hear about what's going on in their life, maybe one of their struggles. And sometimes that's the most salient kind of preaching and teaching that, you know, is out there um, because that really can help someone. It's directed toward them. And this is why I say the role of a pastor or a shepherd has been so greatly misunderstood. You know, as we see from 2 Timothy chapter 1 and 11, it's possible to have more than one gift or calling, but we cannot and we should not assume someone is a pastor just because they can preach or teach. Paul could do both, but he wasn't a pastor. Remember, it's not about skill, but it's about the will of God. You can only become more skillful and skillful in what God has already given you. So these callings or appointments are made by God and operate through the Spirit. You cannot operate in a gift you don't have. And some people may be jealous of others or feel they're failing at being a pastor when in all truth, that's not a calling God ever gave them. Let's look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Savistines, our brother. It's not by God's will. If it's not by God's will, it won't work. That's what we have to get. And even if you try, it it certainly won't work well. You or your family may even suffer if you try to fulfill a call that God never gave you. So I think it's important to understand that if you can teach, if you can preach, that doesn't mean you're a pastor. And if you're a pastor, you really may not be able to teach or preach. And when I say teach or preach, I mean you may not have the gift of it. Of course, you'll be able to provide lessons. We all do because we're all part of the body of Christ. We all have, you know, uses of the gift according to the spirit, but that may not be your call, you know. So it's important to remember that pastoring is its own function apart from all of the other uh, calls out there. Now let's go ahead and look at tending the sheep. So after rearing the sheep, The shepherd is tasked with tending them or maintaining the sheep, the care of the sheep. And personally, I think this is one of the most taxing parts. It goes hand in hand with rearing because it's a part of helping people grow. You'll have to be constantly watching the flock that God has appointed to you. You'll need to be vigilant like any shepherd. Remember, sheep are very silly creatures, so God will likely make you very wise. They may come to you for advice or counsel. You'll also need to be involved in their lives with zealous care. Oh, have you heard from Timothy? Let me call him right now. These are some of the things that you might say. Oh gee, I left a couple of messages. I'll go by his place and check on him. Oh, he lost his job. Let me see if I can get the group to put in and get him some money. This is what pastors do. They help people in practical ways. They're right there in their lives, hands-on, person-to-person. If you're a pastor, people likely think you're doing too much, okay? Like, I know a lot of people, you know, um, you know, we're in a new modern time where it's you take care of you, you look out for you, it's all about you, you know, doing your own thing. You know, we're gonna have to release some people from our lives, you know, but if you're a pastor um, in this sort of age, people are gonna think you're doing too much. I'm just going to tell you right now. And the truth is, those people aren't wrong. You are. (laughs) You've been divinely inspired and called to help and serve sheep. So yeah, you are doing too much. 
to other people because it takes divine anointing and God's power to be able to do what you do. Not everyone can do what you do. Shepherding is your superpower. And just because you and me, you know, um, you know, sort of thrive in different areas, um, it, it doesn't mean that the work of the shepherd uh, is any different or more taxing than mine. Your work is your work, and I can't tell you not to do it. And I think that um, if shepherds or pastors, people who really do the work, if they really think about it, doing this kind of work of serving other people is really fulfilling when you're doing it. And people who are pastors may often wish to take on the role of deacon, which is a man-appointed position. The role of deacon is equated with someone who rushes to help, not just helps, but people who rescue others. These people demonstrate the strong help of the Lord in the way that they support people who are in their flock, and sometimes those are that are outside of it. You know, pastors tend to do the same, and they often have the spiritual gift of helps exhortation and administration but there's no hard fast rule only god knows what gifts that you actually have um, if you are called as a pastor god's going to give you what you need uh, to support that gift and so tending a flock may not be easy but the vigilance and patience it requires is incredible while the good shepherd is pastor to all believers when he was on earth he had about 12 consistent men among the many disciples who followed him and I believe, and I would recommend that a flock will generally be about that big too, you know, and it might be 70 or even 100, but I doubt those high numbers because it's it becomes difficult to notice changes in people. Um, you know, for example, if I put you in an auditorium with like five teens and I tell you to be sure not to let any of those teens leave, I think you could be successful in that endeavor. But uh, if someone tried to sneak out, you could see them and you could call them back. But on the other hand, if I put you in that same auditorium with 40,000 teens and told you to watch and make sure that no one left, I doubt you could manage that well. Um, and, and that's not just because I'm saying, you know, you know, it's impossible. But the thing is, we're human, and so we have finite resources. Now, God can do it because he's enormous. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. But you aren't, and you have limited capacity. So God will give you a flock according to your capacity. And so you might start out with two, and it may grow to more. You know, your study to show yourself approved will make you a better shepherd. Your flock may not be all in one city or even in the same demographic or age group or gender. Your flock may change over time. You may need to call some on the phone through WhatsApp or social media. You may need to travel to meet them or cross state lines to stay in touch. But generally, God gives you a concern for the people he has appointed to your flock. Remember, it's your job to take care of them. You can't make people do anything. That's all you do is take care of people. You don't make them do anything. A shepherd uses his rod to gently pull sheep back to safety. You are a shepherd, not a goatard. And yes, goatard is a real word. People who are stiff-necked and refuse gentle correction will go in their own way. And there really isn't anything you can do about it. These are the goats. But don't feel bad if you lose one or a few leave. 
uh, John says in 1 John 2 and 19 that it's their choice. It may be that they were goats or that God is calling them to another shepherd. So let's look at 1 John chapter 2 and 19. I think it has some great import about that. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. So just, you know, let them go. People who truly just kind of like, I'm done with the faith. I can't stand it. I'm on my way. It's not your business. It really isn't. And that isn't to say that you won't feel, you know, you might feel uh, unhappy. You might feel sad about it because, you know, as a pastor, you're working very closely with people. And so it might be sad for someone to leave or go. But that means it's not your responsibility anymore. It either means that they are a goat. That means they never were. Or that they might be being called to another flock for a different kind of lesson from God. So you have to be sensitive to the spirit of God, you you yourself need to be spiritually minded. And so tending also includes caring, offering nurture and kindness. And this is really very important. So sometimes you're just being there for people. Many pastors are secretly very tender hearted and gentle. And even if they have developed a veneer of coolness, they still have this uh, heart for people because God chooses people who are compelled to shepherd from the heart. And we can see this in Psalms chapter 78 verse 72. And we'll actually look at that verse a little bit later. But pastors act instinctively according to the call. It is a gift. Now nurture and care may not always seem warm and fuzzy. Sometimes it's a stern word, but it generally comes from a place of kindness. It's okay to save someone. A sheep falling off a cliff is important. Don't let the world discourage you from your calling. God will give you divine insight on how to help someone that other people or other believers without this gift just simply won't have. Pastors are loyal and selfless. So let's look at what the Bible says here about shepherds like you. In John chapter 10, 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And so we are all to be like Christ and lay down our life for our friends. And that doesn't necessarily mean death. It means sometimes lay down the things we want to do to help other believers. And so um, it is the greatest demonstration of love. And we see that in the shepherd. As someone with a call to pasture, you may find that people or sheep that you're assigned to um, might often easily take your advice kind of unquestioningly or follow what you say without reservation. It's not because they're dumb or maybe because they're sheep. (laughs) It's because a sheep knows its master's voice and responds without question. And I want to back that up. Jesus cries it like this in John chapter 10, verse 3 and 5. He says, to him, the porter opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice and a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him for they know not the voice of a stranger. So it's important to understand that your flock knows your voice. There's nobody who's going to steal your quote unquote parishioner or whatever. And it's important to understand sheep or people who follow you in your flock 
they're not just the people that come to your church and maybe you don't have a church you might be gifted to be a pastor and you might be shepherding three people at work two people at the gym one person you know that you know in another country you know five people you know at you know your kids soccer club meeting i mean this is really what it means to be a pastor is that you are in people's lives in a hands-on way helping them to grow and then let's look at the final uh, step and that's protecting the sheep okay this is the final function of the pastor and its protection and so while we have the example of christ as a shepherd in the bible i think it's important to look at other examples so that we may accurately form a picture of the function of a pastor for those who possess the gift. In Psalms 23, it offers a great picture of what a shepherd does for a human sheep. There is an element of care, provision, correction, and gentleness, but that is underscored by the ability to protect and lead sheep out of danger. I wanna encourage you to read Psalms 23 so that you can understand kind of what the shepherd does if you're a pastor. This doesn't always mean an intervention, but it can mean a keen eye to see predators, to warn the flock, and even defend the flock in word or deed. And we see this with David defending his own sheep. And so when we speak of protection, we might not be seen, uh, not be being, I'm sorry, a shepherd as um, a woman. We might not kind of see that as something to do. But we learn that in Genesis chapter 29, verse 9, Rachel was a shepherdess. Therefore, the kind of protection that can be provided for Christian sheep can also be administered as a woman. This isn't about physical strength, but about faith in God and spiritual strength. The Bible teaches us in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 1, that true power is by God's spirit and not our own strength. When we are weak, he is strong. So the concern then is obedience and following the call that God has on your life, even if you're a woman. So to protect sheep, one must be skillful and active in their lives. We're prompted by the spirit. And the more you study to show yourself approved, the better a shepherd you'll be. So this isn't about being a busybody, but being a trusted leader they can turn to for help, who can see the predators in their life. Let's look at how it's put in Psalms chapter 78 and 72. It says, So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. A shepherd protects by being prayerful, preaching God through supplication and intercession on behalf of the sheep. And as it said in 78 and 72, this actual... um, psalm is about shepherding and i hope you'll get a chance to read that as well but it's important to understand there are many things you do as a shepherd you know you know you have to be among the sheep to protect them and to see what's attacking them whether it's a parasite or whether it's a fox and so it's it's really uh, important for us to see what that could be in our practical sense you know among humans What could be attacking someone might be, you know, the spirit of the age, Um, you know, a wolf in sheep clothing, a besetting sin, you know, these different things that could come to hinder people. You know, maybe they're struggling with, you know, some sort of uh, issue 
Uh, maybe they're feeling alienated by society because they won't participate in some activity that everybody's doing. So it might be your job to kind of shore them up. You know, in the old days, a shepherd was so close to his sheep that he would pitch his tent among them when they were far out to pasture away from the enclosure. God has always sought to be among his people that way. And if you're going to be God's pastor, you have to be in the trenches and in the tents with the sheep. And as we see in the Old Testament, God tells David, why build me a temple? I have always dwelt in tents among my people. This is the pastoral concept that God was referencing. It is also the heart of why Christ is Emmanuel, God with us. If you're called to be a pastor, you will dwell among your flock, not in an untouchable temple of gold. This is how you will know how to protect, warn, intercede, pray, supplicate, and teach. Rockstar pastors are just that, rock stars. They don't touch the people and they can't because there are too many for one man. Moses was a shepherd too, and he learned from his father-in-law that there needed to be many, many more pastors serving their own flocks. So it's important for us to understand if you're a pastor, if you feel you're called to be a pastor, this is a very important role and God needs you to be among those people, helping them day by day, helping believers day by day. Your calling is very special, it's very important, and it's not always about you know going from church to church preaching, it's not always even about teaching the word of God or preaching it you know, from a pulpit. Sometimes it's just being in somebody's life to tell them the word of God, to provide an encouraging word. Pastorship is a huge and very important calling because we know that Christ, the Good Shepherd, he was also a pastor. So you have great company in your calling if that's what you're called to do. Um, I have loads and tons, there's loads and tons of scripture in the Bible about pastoring, about shepherds, and you can learn how to do this very important work. And if you feel that maybe you need some help in this area or some guidance, or maybe you just have questions, I wanna encourage you to leave a message here at Anchor FM. Um, And if you are at a different um, place where you get this uh, podcast, I want to encourage you to check out um, my uh, social media, which is One Love Live. You can go there and leave me a message, connect with me, and um, let me know. Let's sit down and have a conversation. And so I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this message blesses you and I help you grow and continue pastoring the flock that God has given you, whether that flock is at home whether that flock is at work, um, at leisure, friends, family. Um, As a pastor, you have a great call in people's lives, a great influence. And I wanna encourage you to to take a kind of uh, courage in that work and know that you can do it. God has given you what you need to be a great pastor. God bless you, bye.